and welcome to One Woman Radio. This is Christiane Pelmas. To join the One Woman community, receive updates, and support the project, please visit us at www.onewoman.org. We are the midwives of the new aeon and this time of transformation. This is our time. Good evening, women. Welcome back to the fire. In Our Lady of the Dark Country, Sylvia Lindstedt warns us, to be conquered is one thing. To be silenced until the silence itself is forgotten is to be left without the dark blessing of rebirth that lives at the center of the world. You'd best wrap yourselves up warm, women, because no matter which hemisphere we call home, a cold and dark winter has descended upon us all, has descended upon all life. And it is ours to remember the way through this dark time, ours to remember the time before this time. Monique Wittig urges us, you say you have lost all recollection of this time, but remember, you say there are no words to describe this time, you say it does not exist. But remember, make an effort to remember, or failing that, invent. Tonight we remember, and failing that, we invent. Finding our way to the no doubt, no apologies, wild dancing wisdom place, where we are wide awake, where we excavate the words, our words, and the gestures, songs, and rituals that go with them, all endowments whose purpose is to serve Earth's wellness, endowments that were our grandmothers and that will once again be ours, so our daughters and their daughters will never again be silenced and in the silence forget. How long we have been silenced and in the silence agreed to in order to save our daughters how nearly thoroughly we have forgotten the trade, forgotten the silence itself, that we bartered our daughter's raucous, joyful laughter and roar, their relentless curiosity and fierce vision, so they might be allowed to take another breath and then, apologetically of course, perhaps another, and here, how long we have been stifled, how long we have waited to shatter the corset of this silence to breathe deeply voraciously, standing strong and sovereign, to sing the old songs with new voices, to gallop alongside each other without a care for how strong, how fast, how whole unto ourselves and each other, and thus how intimidating, well, in fact, scary, we might be to the others, to our brothers. Remember, women, make an effort to remember, or failing that, invent. How do we remember a thing we have not been told? Well, women, the true stories are here among us, sliding like Medusa's immortal serpents between the layers of forgetting, beneath the din of the man-made stories. It is only our task to remember how to listen, it is ours to hone the muscles we have allowed 
to atrophy. And it is here, as we stretch the muscles of our remembering, as we begin to hear the whispers of those old stories that have never stopped telling themselves to and through us, we find the young woman who might be you, just as you were at one time, and likely still are. Our young woman is powerful, and she is strong. She is tall and thick, with curious fingers attached to wide, gentle hands. Her body is perched on long, capable legs. Her feet are coarse from being barefoot. Her eyes, deep-set and wide open. Her laughter and her tears are inseparable friends. Nothing about her is what she is told it should be. Where she is told she should be narrow, she is wide. Where she is told to be round, she is flat. And while others around her were busy quaffing and catering, her most alarming physical attribute was her hair, which was uninterested in being tamed into neat or well-behaved for it was surely the wildest feature among so many of her unacceptable attributes. Some might, in fact some did, imagine her hair as its own living creature, simply nesting on her head, for the way it moved independently as she moved. And while the creature that some were tempted to call hair was certainly alarming to many, for the way it seemed to evoke distant memories of a she-warrior goddess, many would just as soon forget. It still was not the most alarming thing about her. While her stature, her hair, the sparkle in her eyes, her height, and the way she lived in her body were all things that were off-putting to most of the humans around her, it was her very way that disturbed them the most. The way she did not seem to agree to the corseted silence bartered by her grandmothers. Because she did not know her place, because she never stopped listening to the true stories, she did not care about so many things that others around her were absorbed by. And perhaps you will recognize yourself here, women, especially those of you in your fierce queen stage of life. When I tell you it was not her choice to not care, she simply did not have the option to care about the things everyone around her seemed to expect her to care about. When she was told she should pay attention, she was absent-minded. Where she was warned to take no notice, she saw everything. For as might be true for you, once we are claimed by the things that are ours to care about, well, these relationships are all-encompassing, aren't they? With the true stories they tell, often being the only sounds our wild ears will hear. For our young woman, there was only the brook and the water-worn stones. There were only the chickadees and the nuthatches, the downy woodpecker and the toadshade trillium, 
There were only the clouds and their infinite shape-shifting stories, some of the oldest stories. And there were the trees. There was no end to the stories she received from the trees, informed by their benevolent, deep earth-rooted wisdom of interconnectedness and care. For the way they stood all day, their limbs outstretched, reaching ever more toward the light in a constant state of benevolent celebration, creating more room and more room still for others to shelter themselves in their strong swaying branches. Birds of all sizes, honeybees and wasps, bears and wildcats, even the awake humans all knew the trees as their oldest friends and from her earliest life, our young woman found herself enthralled by the wisdom stories they would tell. And of course, there was also her horse companion and guide. And it was this one she cared about almost as much as everything and everyone else combined. For it was to this one she owed her life. And perhaps this is true for all of us, who simply do not have the opportunity to fall into the sleep of deadly forgetting and its resulting life sentence of silence. That we owe our lives to a magical someone who arrives just in time. This equine one was her daily companion, her gentle guide, the one who, despite not being human, modeled for her how a human might move about the smallest and most empty, most constricted of worlds that was the human world. The horse taught her how to stand right in the middle of everything, and yet somehow also be invisible, unquestionable, somehow non-threatening, while also being almighty and fearsome. The horse taught her how to see everything while never looking directly at any of it. In this way, the horse taught her, in fact, how to see the sleep of deadly forgetting without being available to its powers. She learned how to turn her head just slightly to the left or to the right when in the midst of the asleepness so she could see the awakeness at the center of all things. These might be practices you adopt women, as if your wild lives depended upon it. It was in this way our young woman learned the power of the ancient horse people and the she-warriors with whom they partnered, a power we must remember at this time, to stay sovereign and well in the smallest places of the darkest dark, in the corseted, silenced, and bottomless despair places, the orphaned and now barely living, relentlessly consuming, endlessly feeding, yet never full, never enough places, the horse people and the females who galloped with them learned how to move through these ghostly places without being seen by the ones who tend to the sleep of deadly forgetting. But even more, her horse companion taught her whom she should be afraid of, when to be fiercely unafraid, and when to be wisely fearful. Thus, 
she became a thing that simultaneously mesmerized and fundamentally unsettled many of the humans around her. She became a female who not only could, but would, in fact delighted in, dancing and singing and seeing in the beautiful dark, which is the fertile dark, the necessary dark, the dark that is the partner with the light. And also, she became a female who would not be intimidated by the darkest dark, the contagious dark created by the small stories that breed despair and ignorance. With her horse companion, she honed and fed her night vision until the darkness that is an inextricable part of the web of life became a place of as much brilliant light as the light places. As her female body became more powerful and itself wiser in the ways the Great Mother went about spinning the infinite web of the universe, our young woman became fiercer, more cunning, and the endless delight and joy that was her way wove a cape of brilliant gold around her tender woman's heart. Remember the story beneath the silence. Remember that you rode with the beautiful ones. Remember your name. Remember the feel of the wind in your wild hair and the warm sun on your face. The fiercer and more cunning she became, the more she allowed herself to learn about the dark despair places, and the more critical it was that she refine her capacity to listen to the old and the true stories. Whether she was lying on her back in the field, leaning against the trunk of an old oak, or riding on the back of the horse, the practice of remembering went the same, and women, I urge you to listen with your fox ears here and tuck this invitation in your basket of wisdom tricks, for we must all be doing this remembering practice at this time. Best yet that we do it together, where we can see that we are not crazy or even strange, that we are the well ones doing the well things. Perhaps this practice will sound familiar to many of you, and perhaps you were just as betrothed to it as our young woman who somehow learned to quiet her breath so the in-breath became indistinguishable from the out-breath. Just one long, steady stream of life flowing through her and the world around her. Then she would place her attention on her strong heart so full of fierce protection for all those whom she loved. She would feel the rhythm of her heartbeat, the rhythm that was like the ancient mother drum, the way it seemed to be in her and around her at the same time, the rhythm that was, of course, the rhythm of life itself. Here, she would urge that strange and erroneous sensation of being other than of being separate, a perspective the humans had built such a fortress around 
to melt away as her heartbeat and the great heartbeat became one great benevolent powerful heartbeat. Within moments, this rhythm became everything, the air, the earth, her own body, the birds, and the horse, and she would find herself transported to the oldest of places. To her, this place was the ancient, deep, evergreen, snow-filled forest of all time. But to you, it might be the blue-green, gently-waving, life-filled sea of all time or the wind-loved, sun-scorched, lizard-dwelling desert of all time, or the water-drenched, insect-buzzing, snake-filled jungle of all time. No matter how the place of all time appears to you, which might have something to do with the precious land and earth that are forever interwoven in the blood and bones of you and your people, beneath its appearance, there is only one place. It is the place that is the heart of the earth, the place from which all the old and true wisdom stories are born. This is the place of the ancient grandmothers, who are at once all things, who are the well and its waters, the great tree and the life that springs forth from its branches. And of course, it is the place of the central fire, the one around which we gather, around which the grandmothers have gathered and will gather throughout time, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, in a world without end, in a benevolent world without end. Here, in the world without end and the forest of all time, our young woman saw a vision as if it was happening to her in this moment and to all women. And women, listen up, for this is an image with the power to chase away the smallest of stories and the dangerous infertile darkness they create of an ancient grandmother whose bright, cunning eyes are nested in a million wrinkles like lines etched across windswept desert sand whose smile is as perfectly familiar to you as the shore is to the tide. In her warm and worn hands, this grandmother holds an ancient light, like the shimmering North Star, like a full moon diamond the size of a tiny bramble rosebud ready to burst. She holds this ancient North Star shimmering light up to each woman's heart, where it disappears magically like it knows what it's doing, where it's going, like it is returning to its home. And in this moment, each woman dreaming this dream across the globe's wide expanse remembers as if her life had only known this way, as if she has always been free, as if she has never fallen asleep or been told the small stories. And perhaps it will be for you as it was for her, that as this image unfolded within our young woman's heart, her ears would fill with the voice of the grandmother speaking the words of her rightness, which sounded something like this. My dear daughter, you are not crazy. You are not misshapen. You are neither inconsequential nor wrong. You were not an afterthought and you are not a byproduct. 
You are not a thing created for another's comfort or convenience. You are the force that animates the universe. Your surface ripples and roils, for within you lies the unfathomable secret of life. And you are betrothed to that life. And this time, in this great imagining deep within her, it was as if there had never been a silencing, for the way everything around her rang out and rejoiced. The clouds, the sun, the moon, and the stars all seemed to know this moment was the birth of something extraordinary. A birth so magnificent, everyone in all the worlds stood up and took notice. And the world grandmother said unto each of them, Behold, beautiful daughters, fear not. Rise up and remember, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people, human and more than. For unto you the generous gift of life is bestowed, for which in return you are meant only to cherish each other and this earth. Break forth in the old songs and dance. Rejoice, ye daughters of the earth. Break forth in songs and sing together, ye who are birthers and tenders of the light that is life. Glory be to the generous spirit who lives in all things, good will towards all beings, and on earth may peace prevail within and among men. And somewhere, in the place of all time, could be heard a chorus of ancient grandmothers with their heartbeat drum, Hark! The awakened daughters dance within their wisdom a second chance. Peace on earth and mercy mild. The great mother with her lost sons reconciled. Joyful now the sun does rise, beaming triumph from the skies joining the chthonic ones as well. Urge daughters your wisdom, please do tell. Hark, the awakened daughters sing. Gratitude and benevolence do we bring. And with that could be heard a joyful, fierce ho. Wellness be to all, and to all a good life.
Thank you, women, for listening. And may we remember that we are always held in the grandmother's love. Open.